Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajahat Ali. Uh, we are closing out 2023. Um, one of the most exhausting, uh, enlightening, um, expanding years of note. Um, this is our wrap-up show, so we're just going to, folks, be asking each other questions back and forth uh, about uh, what are highlights, lowlights, and how we got through um, this year. So, Waj... Um, 2023, if you had to, okay. If you had to give 2023 a one word name, what would it be? Eventful. Oh, that's good. And I'm, I'm going to use the analogy of my flooded basement. Okay. So here we go. The year starts off. I get a little bit of money and I'm like, how should I use this money, uh, as a self-employed writer? And I'm like, you know, I have like 800 kids. Let's redo the basement. So you redo the basement and you're like, oh, this cost a lot more than I thought. This is insane. And then you talk to other parents. They're like, yep, whatever they charge you, it costs like more. So you you redo the basement. The basement's going well. Kids are happy. And then thanks to climate change and unpredictable weather in Virginia, despite me being prepared and putting two sub pumps in and doing everything that I could, I go downstairs and flooding. So as we're recording this, the entire carpet that I spent so much time putting in is being ripped apart and everything's being dried. And I sit there and I go, this is a great metaphor for for the year because I sit there and I go, I can't even be that pissed off because I expected it to happen. I prepared for it. It still got effed up. It's still going to cost money, but everyone's alive and people know how to swim in my home. And so that's the type of energy I'm ending 2023 with and going into 2024 is the house is still there. Mm -hmm. We're grateful that we have a home. It could have been worse. This sucks. It's going to happen again. I have just made peace with it. How can I minimize the damage and I have to hold on to what I have? And I feel like it's a wonderful metaphor for America heading into 2024 with all the problems with climate change, with a corrupt judiciary, with the right-wing authoritarian forces, and with, as we're recording this, Joe Biden hitting his lowest poll numbers 
heading into a 2024 election where the guy for the GOP might be in jail and might actually win the election. So that's where I'm at. I just, I just, you know, my English major brain brought it all together. Woo. Um, God damn. You know, if we drank on this show or you drank at all, I'd say take a sip. <laughs> I'll drink some chai. Drink your chai. I hope it's strong. Um, how yeah. about you? Okay. So how about me? If I'm giving 2023, uh, assigning in a word, uh, I'm going to say, uh, nimbleness. And, uh, why do I say that? Um, I think that we long gone are the days where we look at years in black or white and think, oh, this was a good year. This was a bad year. I think that, um, we need to be able to hold grief and joy in at the same time. And sometimes in the same hand, uh, that we have been dealt. I think that America is going to continue to need to stretch itself outside of its preconceived notions on what we thought this country was, what we thought we were capable of, um, and get to a place of reimagining. And that only comes from nimbleness, right? Um, I think that we have been very um, inflexible in our expansion of this project, which has allowed people like Donald Trump and MAGA supremacy to take hold because people are longing for yesteryear because they haven't been equipped with the nimbleness, intellectual, physical, spiritual, mental nimbleness to be able to move and change and flex with the times. Um, so for me, as I look back on this year and we go into what I believe is going to be, I mean, I don't know, the, 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 <laughs> I could call it out now. The, the word for next year could be apocalyptic or it could be, you know, goddamn. I don't, you know, goddamn we made it or, you know, goddamn we lost it. I have, I have no idea. I mean, you 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 touched upon it um, twice, uh, but a synonym for nimbleness—the way you describe it—is flexibility. And mm -hmm. to be flexible means to stretch, and it's something that we've talked about on the show, and I've talked about a lot uh, outside of democracy-ish. You know, I think that level of flexibility is necessary for people who want to—and this was a buzzword of the 21st century—be resilient. Actually, be resilient. Um, because resiliency was the buzzword and everyone preached resiliency after 9-11. And the reason why they preached resiliency is they're like, listen, the institutions are going to keep screwing you. The institutions are going to be reformed. So you, who's working two jobs just to stay broke, be resilient. And meanwhile, the rest of us are like, can we just work one job? Can we change the systems? Can we change the institutions? Can we reform? Can life become easier? And you're seeing, Danielle, that the institutions, especially as you're seeing the what we predicted, is mm -hmm. now the full-throated attack on DEI across the board, from even some liberals, right? The complete removal of DEI from any academic or corporate space, right? What does that mean? We want to go back to 1953. Yes. Uh, we're terrified that these women with their Me Too that went on too long, the blacks with the George Floyd and BLM, enough of that, the gays. Now that they brought the trans on us, go back to the closet gaze. The Muslims, we tolerated for you for a little bit, but now you're a little too uppity. And, uh, you know, 
you're saying you're not going to vote for Biden now over Gaza. Just shut up. Uh, you Latinos, guess what? Uh, in order to court the Rust Belt whites who aren't going to vote for us anyway, Democrats are going to align themselves with these draconian uh, anti-immigrant border security proposals just to just to win over the Republicans. Because, you know, what 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 history has shown us is that these Republicans love helping Democrats, Danielle. And so I think what we're witnessing is, is what we've said is the empire strikes back as it mm-hmm. has, as it will. And when the empire strikes back and there's climate change and there's rising income inequality and the institutions that are failing us. How do we survive? How do we hold on? And I think for many of us who who feel like, I'm glad you said this, that somehow Superman will come and save us, he ain't coming. She ain't Mm-mm. coming. Mm-mm. If they feel like magically there's going to be a pill overnight that you can swallow and will take away your problems, that's not happening. Mm-mm. What's going to happen is pain and mm. discomfort and short-term pain, though, however, folks, and don't worry, this is not going to be a Debbie Downer episode. You need that short-term pain and discomfort to stretch, to be flexible, yes. to grow. Yes. And, yes. and I think moving forward, if you're thinking about those halcyon days, let me tell you what happened. A pandemic happened. You know, uh, a, a friggin' January 6th insurrection happened. The rise of right-wing authoritarianism happened. Disinformation is happening. I think, and I was thinking about this, Daniel, and I'm glad you mentioned this. I think those old days, or going back to those old days, or trying to recreate that safe model, it doesn't exist anymore. And I think those of us who accept it and are willing to be nimble and flexible and stretch into being something new, despite the discomfort, I think we will be the ones who might emerge in a healthier, better way moving forward. You know, and I I think that that's right, Waj. I think that that's right. I think that what we are learning and what we've been preparing for, those of us that have been conscious, right? Those of us that have been unpacking and repacking and unpacking America's history, um, patterns of behavior and 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 analysis um, that has brought us to this place where America has never been a perfect place. And we know that for people of color, particularly black people specifically in this country, America has always been a place of imperfection. And yet we, um, and I'm speaking about black people in particular, have been able to stretch to grow, to hold grief and joy, to hold exploitation and excellence all at the same time, right? When you look at the history of being in shackles for centuries, not a century, right? But for centuries to then witness the first black president of these United States, witness the first black vice president of of these United States, witness, right? Like, the shift and change that has happened over the last 60 years, right, following the Civil Rights Act, following Brown versus the Board of Education, following these rulings that allowed for the old guard, the old ways to break, you see that America, what makes America great is our resilience and nimbleness and the ability to try, try, try again. What Donald Trump and MAGA supremacy presents is an end to the trying, is an end to the experiment of possibility. That's what they want to do away with. 
And those that are falling into the trappings of let's do away with diversity, let's do away with inclusion, is as if they feel like they have the ability to put the genie, the soda, everything back in the bottle. We know that that doesn't happen. One way or another, the train is moving forward. It's either going forward over a cliff or it's going forward into a new day, but it's going forward. You can't put this back, right? So I I continue to wonder when we listen to these people, and I mean, some of the rhetoric that I was listening to, Nick Fuentes and others talking about burning people, killing people, uh, dissenters, hanging people, um, the kind of vitriol that Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman expressed in court after their $150 million ruling was that the letters that they received said, I want to be close enough to your hanging that I hear your neck snap. Oof. And, and right. Danielle, like, can you tell folks, can you remind folks exactly who those two, who yes, those two women these were, these are the poll workers that we heard their heartbreaking testimony for the first time in front of the January 6th committee, whose lives were destroyed by the election deniers and the election denier in chief being Rudy Giuliani, the architect behind all of that. And now a judge has ruled that he should pay a multiple damages, punitive damages, um, to the tune collectively of almost $150 million. And, you know, when, when I look at this and just, and you see the way that this train, this, these people are moving, everything is about restriction, oppression, but then wash punishment. That's right. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. It's always been this way, though. It's always been about cruelty and punishment and superiority. You have to know your place, Darkie. And you have to know your place because my boot is going to be on your neck. 
and you need to be grateful that I haven't crushed your windpipe. The fact that I let you breathe is a sign of my benevolent magnanimous nature. And the fact that you have the boot on your neck is your fault. That's the worst part. It's your fault that the boot's on your neck because you're violent, because you don't pull yourself from the bootstraps, because you don't get along with the narrative, because you don't know your place, you don't know who's your superior, you're not aligned with Western civilization. If you only behave, Daniel, and if you behave properly, and if you behaved in the way that we wanted you to behave, then maybe, maybe, just maybe, we will include you in this civilizational Western experiment. But until that time, know your place, Darkie. Don't get too uppity. Just shut up and dribble. And that's what it is. It comes back to it again and again and again, this coded and uncoded language. I'm literally directly quoting Laura Ingram, what she told LeBron James, right? LeBron James, a man who's had the spotlight on him since he was a teenager, a man who literally has been perfect in his athletic career, a man who has been at the pinnacle of basketball and used that money to, to help uh, students in his community get an education because the public services have failed them. And Laura Ingram told him to shut up and dribble. But Tim Tebow can do what he wants, right? These right-wing MAGA folks can do anything they want. Colin Kaepernick, God forbid, quietly takes a knee to protest police brutality, and these people lose their minds. But then the same middle-class, upper-middle-class white folks then do a January 6th violent insurrection where they try to literally assassinate uh, Nancy Pelosi and uh, Mike Pence, the whitest man on earth, and they're seen as freedom fighters. It's, it's just a beautiful encapsulation in modern times of the same old demons that have mm -hmm. always haunted America. As mm -hmm. the rest of us are on this caravan and this train trying to move forward, these are the forces trying to sandbag us violently. They're, forget sandbagging. They're, they're putting dynamite underneath the train tracks. Even if the dynamite kills mm -hmm. them, Daniel, mm -hmm. even if the dynamite blows them up, oops, put a little bit too much TNT there, lost my hand, but it was worth it. Dying for whiteness, as our good friend Jonathan yep. Metzl has written about, right? It is so endemic in this country. It's a poison. And now we're seeing the empire strikes back because an analogy that I've used before and I'll use again is I believe we are witnessing the death rattle of white supremacy that has transformed into a death march. And when I said this in 2016, in front of experts in D.C. who are paid to be wrong about everything and get to fail up because they're part of an incestuous circle where they're all buddy buddies and they all help each other fail up, they're like, you might be onto something. And fast forward now, eight years. And I think on this show, we predicted that by 2024 or 2025, I believe I said white nationalist talking points would go mainstream. Mm -hmm. I was wrong. It's 2023. And you mm -hmm. mentioned Nick Fuentes. And, and I want folks to know who he is. He is one of the premier leaders of the young white nationalist movements. He leads uh, folks who call themselves the Groypers. He has the America First movement. He recently said, just last week, that when America First gets in power, they will kill all non-Christians. And he is the man, an anti-Semite, a hate monger, who had dinner with the former president. And when the former president Trump was asked to condemn Nick Fuentes, according to a Garden article and reporting, he refused to do it, Daniel, because he thought it would harm his base. And that man and that movement is a step away from the presidency. 
And the person who's two steps away from the presidency, and I think I mention this almost every week on our show, is Mike Johnson, the head of the House GOP, a white Christian nationalist who does not believe in separation of church and state. And so we're at this point, folks, where all the warnings that Black people in particular have been shouting from the rooftops, mm-hmm. when the rest of us who are Muslim, who are immigrants, who are people of color, not exclusively, but mostly because we have had to fight for a country that doesn't fight for us. And we know this country much better than it knows itself. When we're telling you that they're playing for all the marbles and they're coming for everything, we weren't lying. We weren't wrong. And so now it's come to a head, Danielle. Mm -hmm. And what I see with this nimbleness and with this flexibility is, you know, and me being self-critical is we need the numbers and we need to stand outside of ourselves align ourselves with folks who at the very least, Danielle, I think are willing to fight for a multiracial democracy. We have to be a bit flexible, I think, in my humble opinion. Uh, We have to align ourselves with as many people as possible to sandbag against this movement. Because right now, according to the polls, like I said, Mm -hmm. Biden is his low 30s. And a lot of these third party folks, according to the latest polls, guess who's attracted to them? Progressive voters, young voters, urban voters, because they believe that the system is failing them. So if you have a RFK and you have a Jill Stein and you have a Marianne Williamson and you have a Cornell West going up against Biden and Trump, Danielle, that could be enough to give Trump the electoral college. I mean, we know this. We've been saying this. We've talked about it. Um, and I just, you know, as we close out, um, this episode, I I, want to say this, um, because I want to try and end on a hopeful, on a hopeful note is that, you know, we are in a very dark place. We know this, we know that we are in the midst of watching two just absolutely gruesome, violent, horrible wars. One of which, you know, both of which we're funding. and we're watching climate change ravage communities, states. Um, I believe in the possibility of young people. I believe that young people whose lives we have jeopardized with our lack of commitment to poli- progressive policies um, know what's at stake. Yes, they are young, but they are not dumb. They know what is at stake. And yes, we have these third party people, but I believe that if this president doesn't wake the fuck up and look at his numbers and recognize that people are not okay with saying that we're fine for fighting for the soul of the nation so long as it's on in this country with these borders, but everywhere else can go to hell is not where the people are, right? They want to vote their values. They want to vote with their heart. And right now he is making it incredibly difficult for them to do so. But I do believe that when push comes to shove, because right now we are 11, you know, months out that when push comes to shove and people recognize come the summer, what is that fucking risk? I believe that they will do what they did in 2020, what they did in 2022, right? What they did in 2023 with state legislatures, I do believe that they will vote for democracy. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change. 
a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I hope so. And, you know, I, I will say this. What's at stake? Women's rights, reproductive rights, uh, interracial marriage. Maybe you laugh at it, but uh, Loving v. Virginia, they said it. Uh, marriage equality, uh, gun control, um, any diversity initiative anywhere. Uh, democracy, voting rights. This is what's at stake, folks. And uh, I have to drop this on Danielle because as we're ending this season, I won't be able to talk about it. The news that came out recently, I just, I need your thoughts on this. Clarence Thomas, your favorite Supreme Court justice, <laughs> uh, ProPublica, which yeah, has done fantastic I, I work all year and is an example of why we have to keep funding investigative journalism that isn't tainted by corporate interests. ProPublica has been investigating doggedly Clarence Thomas and his corruption. They came out this week uh, with this bombshell that Clarence Thomas was threatening to resign yep. because he was bankrupt and he needed more money. And mm -hmm. as such, it sparked right-wing fears. That's why they paid him to stay on as a Supreme Court justice, pay for play. That just came out this week. Danielle, your thoughts. My thoughts are this Supreme Court will go down as the most corrupt and destructive body that we have ever seen. That they are, by allowing this man, this grifting piece of shit, to and remain unchallenged, and his wife unchallenged on the Supreme Court shows us that when they say no one is above the law, they're like, no, 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 no one but nine. No one but black robes are above the law. They are an unelected body that are in there for life. And it wasn't about one case. It was about every case that Clarence Thomas was being. He is the Oliver Twist of the Supreme Court. Please, sir, can you give me some more? And Harlan Crow says, yes, buddy, I can. You want a house? You want a yacht? You want a trip? He goes, yes, more, sir. More, sir. And speaking about the stakes, and I brought that up, folks, people forget Supreme Court. How did we get this corrupt Supreme Court? Through Trump. So there's a chance we can flip that Supreme Court, but only, only if there's a Democrat. And one of the best things that Biden did is there's a Clarence Thomas, but to end on a hopeful note, there's also a Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson. Yeah. So, you know, for every step that we take, we sometimes take five, 10 steps back, but we keep pushing forward. That, that's Danielle the cynic. Uh, I was going to say two steps. You went five to 10. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Democracy Ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajatali. And folks, we will be back. Uh, you know, next week, next year, if in fact we have a country left. Inshallah. <laughs>